Today's episode of the Roger Hoover Podcast can be found by subscribing to it on iTunes. It's also on SoundCloud. The podcast also available on Stitcher. And the podcast starts now. This is Roger Hoover, and welcome to this episode of the Roger Hoover Podcast. Today I'm recording from MGM Park in Biloxi, Mississippi on this Tuesday, July 5th, 2016. Hope everyone is doing well. Hope everyone had a great 4th of July weekend. The Jacksonville Suns had a very busy one, of course, having a homestand against the Tennessee Smokies that ended on Sunday, July 3rd with a crowd of 10,000 238 people at the baseball grounds of Jacksonville. An outstanding Sunday night the Suns had. They had a very good win against Tennessee. Large fireworks show. Just an excellent start to the holiday for the Suns. To have that game in Jacksonville in front of the largest crowd that the Suns have had in four seasons. So it really was terrific to see all of the fans at the baseball grounds. And then we had a long bus ride through the nights from Jacksonville to Biloxi that even had a few travel delays that will happen from time to time in minor league baseball. But Got into Biloxi in the morning and then last night on July 4th, I played a game in front of another packed house. Uh, it was a sellout crowd here in Biloxi and the Shuckers did win the first game of the series 5-1. to one. But now tonight we're getting ready for game two of the series between the Suns and the Biloxi Shuckers. But had a really great uh, 4th of July weekend again, mostly at home in Jacksonville. And while we were there, I uh, got to talk with several special guests who I'll share the interviews with coming up on the Roger Hoover podcast as well. They are available also on the Jacksonville Suns podcast, but really wanted to spotlight the man I'll talk to in just a little bit. Leroy Butler was our guest, and you may remember that name from the National Football League. He was a outstanding strong safety for the Green Bay Packers, had an outstanding career in the 90s. He played from the year 1990 to 2001 with the Packers. He was a four-time Pro Bowler as well as a Super Bowl champion, and he also grew up in Jacksonville. So we had a special night on Saturday when he threw out the first pitch of the game and then a big thank you to the Jacksonville Suns Juanita Millhouse who helped set up the interview that will play for you in just a little bit but Leroy Butler uh, was an outstanding guest and really just shared kind of his positive message and some great thoughts from his playing career so definitely wanted to get to that we also had a very special guest that was actually performing on the mound for the Tennessee Smokies and we'll share that podcast with you at a future date but everything else going very well uh, the finger rehab continues I am getting closer and closer to no longer having to wear a splint on my right middle finger so I'm still able to flip people off pretty well with this uh, large splint that is on my right middle finger but uh, the physical therapy is going well and uh, we're getting again closer and closer to seeing my hand look completely normal uh, but it was again a great homestand that the Suns had uh, against the Tennessee Smokies the largest homestand crowd the Suns had had in the last three years and also the Sunday night crowd over 10,000 just cannot say enough uh, how great the Jacksonville Suns fans were the ballpark looked terrific especially from my seat uh, high above in the press box really could see just how completely full it was and the fans really enjoyed the fireworks and this is always a busy time of the year the 4th of July means a lot. Uh, so many people in uh, minor league baseball cities really, for whatever reason, just make a point to go watch a baseball game on July 3rd or July 4th. We've certainly seen it here in Bel 
Biloxi last night and then Jacksonville the night before, but just looking at the attendance numbers from across the Southern League and some other places in minor league baseball, uh, fans really do love to come out and watch 4th of July baseball. Uh, so it was certainly great to see all the fans give all the support to the Suns, not only in Jacksonville, but supporting the Suns and the Shuckers last night. 4th of July has come and gone. I did get to catch just a bit of one of my absolute favorite movies, 1776. It was playing late last night on Turner Classic Movies, a musical about the signing of the Declaration of Independence, and that was always a family tradition back in Kingsport with my mom and dad to watch that uh, around July 4th, usually on July 4th, or getting ready for the holiday. But got to catch a little bit of that, just one of the uh, different holiday traditions that goes along with the 4th of July. Suns are traveling right now in Biloxi for five games, and then we'll have five games coming up in Birmingham, Alabama, between the Suns and the Birmingham Barons. So I'm really looking forward to getting back to Alabama. Again, today's guest is Leroy Butler. He had an outstanding playing career, not only in Jacksonville at Robert E. Lee High School. He played at Florida State under Bobby Bowden, and then with the Green Bay Packers, won a Super Bowl championship, was a four-time Pro Bowler, still lives in the Milwaukee area, and he shares just a great, powerful, very positive message. That was the one thing I was really struck by when we had this conversation with Leroy and even taking a picture with him afterwards and talking with him just a little bit as he left the broadcast booth. Uh, just so much energy, and I even made a comment to Marco Lanave, who I call games with. I said, you know, if I ever get a chance to call a football game and I get to pick the analyst, I'd probably give Leroy Call. He is somebody that is very, very positive and just a lot of fun to be around. So I think you'll enjoy this conversation with Green Bay Packers Hall of Famer Leroy Butler. Roger Hoover now pleased to be joined by a Super Bowl champion, a four-time Pro Bowler, and a member of the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame, Leroy Butler, and also a Jacksonville native. First of all, Leroy, welcome home. Oh, I love it here. I absolutely love it here. The weather's fantastic, but this brings back a lot of memories. I mean, growing up as a little kid in Jacksonville, you know, watching the Suns play from all the way back when I was a little boy is unbelievable. Absolutely, and that was a lot at Old Wolfson Park, wasn't it? Yes, you know, I don't think so many kids nowadays with social media, they have never even heard of that. <laughs> but they have never heard of Montreal Expos, like, what is that? Yeah. So when you go back to that history, it's just come full circle. Absolutely, and did you play baseball very much? I played baseball until I got hit by a pitch. Oh, where'd you get hit? Yeah, right in the shoulder. Okay. I cried, my mom came down, put a little dirt on it, and we quit playing baseball and went to play football. That's right, yeah, much safer <laughs> sport. Here's a pop fly into right field, running in and making the catch is Jacksonville's Ronnie Mitchell. Trey Martin retired to begin this second inning. But yeah, growing up in Jacksonville, just take me back to those years. What was it like for you? You had a lot to overcome in that time, didn't you? It was. You know, Jacksonville was the kind of city. It was huge, not in population, but land-wise. So you knew a lot of the people, but at the same time, people grew up with their own side of town. My side was the west side. So we were very instrumental in a lot of sports and things of that nature. We lived close to a park, but downtown areas was always close to me, and that's why I love coming back home. Of course, you attended... Robert E. Lee High School, the Generals, a great football program. He had a very nice, great coach, and someone's still going, Corky Rogers. Corky Rogers, he's been a little sick lately, so yeah. I think he's doing better now. Without Coach Rogers and even Bobby Bowden, 
some of these headliner coaches without giving right. me a chance, an African-American from the projects, I don't know where I would be today. So I just appreciate where I've come from and appreciate where I will be going in the future. Absolutely. And when you went to Florida State, it was still a program, hadn't won a national championship yet, but it was clearly on the rise. We were close, but we went to two Fiesta Bowls and the Sugar Bowl. Then I go to the pros for a couple of years and they learn how to win two championships. So <laughs> fancy that. Here's Carlos Pinalver, a fly ball in the center. He makes the catch for the out. Two quick outs for Matt Tomshaw for the Suns. We're in the top of the second inning, and Jacksonville has a 2-1 to lead on Tennessee. But what did you learn most in college? What most helped your game? I went out and talked to Mike Mart. Now, a lot of people say, why is he bringing it up? He taught me I was dropping a lot of interceptions. <laughs> and, you know, he's a, he ran our baseball franchise down there. And he got me with some of his, you know, pictures. And he said, listen, I'm going to teach you hand-eye coordination. Once you see a football, it'll look huge to you. And it kind of helped me with my vision. Next thing you know, I, I was a consensus All-American based on what a baseball coach told me. So that's the kind of stuff we did at Florida State. I asked questions outside the box to help me within the box. And then you get drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Can you believe that? I know. First of all, you're born and raised Jacksonville. It went to college in Tallahassee. How did you adjust to the cold? I stayed indoors a lot. I really thought I was going to. And Jack, the Jaguars did not have a program at that time. Right. I really wanted to go to Miami or Tampa stay close to home. There's a strikeout for Brad Markey. We'll stay here during this middle of the second inning. Again, the Suns have a 2-1 to lead. But you get to Green Bay, and we mentioned Florida State was a program on the rise. The Packers as well, they had been close. Some good teams here and there in the 80s, some losing seasons as well. What was the mood when you first got there? It was a losing culture. Coming from Florida State, you win an average 11 games a year. I wasn't used to that. 1990, we weren't very good, 4-12. Next year, we were 6-10, and we got this one guy I'd never heard of him before named Brett Favre. It kind of changed things. And we got another young man, Reggie White. We learned how to win. Next thing you know, I see this sign that 30 years of misery has ended. And we were going to the Super Bowl. Right. 30 years when they won the first two Super Bowls. That's the kind of rich history that you see. I come to Jacksonville to get away. Because if you play for the Packers in Wisconsin, you're like a rock star all the time. So right. this is my vacation to come home. Oh, I bet. Well, there's not much else going on in Green Bay except yeah. the Packers, right? Yeah. And that's the thing. You know, it's year-round. It's in a city by itself, 90,000 people. It's supported from the surrounding counties. And when you go to Milwaukee, you obviously got basketball and baseball. But ultimately, it's just the Green Bay Packers. And how did you get to enjoy getting to know the fan base? And you probably endeared yourself more to Packer fans by anything than in 1993, being the first man to do the Lambeau Leap. Yeah, and I think that's what it's all about. You know, the Lambeau Leap was started because it was a guy showing the love to his fans who were in these bad seats in the end zone. You get a chance to jump up there and hug them and tell them how much you appreciate them. But the stadium is sold out for 35 years. Yeah. You value that. You value that. That's why I played for the Packers my whole career. 12 straight years, never wanted to go anywhere else. And, of course, the Lambeau Leap. I mean, Robert Brooks did the song about it. It really took off. And now there's even a statue there where a lot of fans can do the Lambeau Leap. I think that's what I wanted. I wanted a guy to feel like, how does it feel to jump up there and take a picture? There's a picture of a wall, some bronze fans, and a big (laughs) plaque, you know, telling people how I started it. It's a lot of fun, and that's what this city is all about, the Green Bay Packers, and I just love to be a part of it. I bet. Here's Peter Mooney to lead off Jacksonville's bottom of the second inning, a 2-1 to score. The Suns lead the Smokies. And uh, you mentioned Reggie White, and I'm born and raised in East Tennessee, grew up a big oh, Tennessee okay. football fan, so Reggie White, of course, one yes. of my heroes. But uh, obviously he brought so much to the Packers 
on the field and the great sacks in the Super Bowl helped him. You guys beat the Patriots, but in the club, in the locker room, what did he mean to that team? He had to get everybody on pace. I'll tell you a real quick story. He wanted every guy to go to Bible study, mm-hmm. and a lot of guys didn't want to do that, but he felt doing that would bring us closer together. So I told Reggie, the only way these guys going to feel like that's okay if you do something they want to do. Every Thursday, guys get together and have a beer and some wings, and Reggie didn't do that. So the following Thursday, Reggie went to the bar to hang out with the guys to show he's a normal guy. And the following Friday, we have 42 guys in Bible study. The next year, we beat Dallas. The next year, we beat San Francisco. The next year, we win the Super Bowl. Right. It's that gradual climb that teach teamwork. And also, you mentioned the Super Bowl win. You guys were in New Orleans, beat the Patriots. How many friends and family from Jacksonville did you have make the trip to the Superdome? You know, that's a good question because my mom told everybody this. He'll give you a ticket or you can just watch it on TV and go make some money out the ticket. But she was joking. <laughs> <laughs> no one can get tickets to this right. game, only my immediate family. But thinking about the Super Bowl, I thought about African-American in front of projects in Jacksonville. You know what? Here's a swing and a line drive by Mooney, a base hit to left field, and a leadoff hit once again for the Suns off Tennessee starter Brad Markey. Never knew how he could go opposite field like that. I guess yeah. talent, huh? uh, Absolutely. <laughs> he was an all-star in the first half. I can tell. <laughs> you see, that's the thing about you know, from Jacksonville, Florida, going to the Super Bowl, which is the pinnacle of my life. So it just feels so good. I wrote a book about it, about growing up in Jacksonville. So whenever I see the word Jacksonville, I feel like I'm at home. So the Packers win the Super Bowl, a uh, great win over the Patriots. The next yeah. year, you guys go up against the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar with that. You're, you're not, you're not you can go and Google that. I don't know. <laughs> well, that kind of leads me to the next point. When you look back at your career and you yeah. think about those two Super Bowls, yeah. do you think more about the win or how tough it was to lose that game, such a tight game against the Broncos? Winning, to me, you know, cures everything. Right. I always think about winning the first Super Bowl. Now, you can take something into it because of John Elway's first one, and you'll always be attached to that. But once you win something, it feels good about, you know, how you can play the next Super Bowl. Now, you have other athletes, for some reason, coming up short, and they'll retire because it's so it takes so much out of you. But at the same time, you look at a guy like LeBron James who go back to his city, you miss it the first time, come back and play the same team, you're down 3-1, and you win it for your city. Nothing's bigger than that. That's what we play for is championships. Absolutely. And, of course, winning with the Green Bay Packers, and you spent all of your career with the Packers as well. And you mentioned that was very important to you to go out as a Green Bay Packer, always number 36. Here's a pop fly going into center field, making the catch as Trey Martin for the out. But I'm sure now when you go back to Lambeau Field and it's even grown since you were a player with the plaza and everything, uh, what's the reaction you get when you talk to Packer fans now? It's unbelievable because a lot of the kids now, the millennials, they didn't have to go through, you know, going in just two gates. Now you got five entrances. You got valet parking. The food has changed. It's, it's just beautiful. It's just unbelievable to get in and out of the stadium. And you're right. After the games, it was closed. Now it's open like a mall. Right. It's unbelievable, and I think it's something that they've always tried to expand. Because you got 38,000 people on this list. you got to get this ticket thing going. So it's one of these things in the future to be more people get seats, and it's going to be awesome. Now, you mentioned with the cold weather, you try to stay indoors as yes. much as possible. Yes. But playoff games that you guys had, I mean, you're talking about some of the coldest temperatures possible. How do you stay warm and stay loose on the field? 16 below. I talked to the military, a couple guys in the military, and they're the toughest guys in the world. It was a guy, he told me he was a sniper in Bosnia, and he was in two foot of snow buried. And he just had to wait for one particular shot. And he told me he insulated himself with 
Vaseline and petroleum jelly. It kept his body insulated. I tried that. It works. And I think for the most part, you release the heat from your head. That's why you see us take our hair right. off. That the steam is coming up. It works. And the adrenaline keeps you warm. I bet. And, you know, those massive playoff games, you guys had some outstanding victories. And uh, when your playing career was over, what was the first step for you and kind of easing into a life without playing sports for a living? For me, it was obviously going to either the media side of it or be a coach. I went out and worked for um, ESPN for a couple of years. I wrote two books. I went on a book tour. Now I'm working back in Milwaukee, do a lot of TV and radio there, a lot of speaking engagements. And if we were watching TV in Wisconsin, you'd see me on every channel. But I've, I've, I've endorsed like five huge events, and I'm all over the television. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. It sounds like sick of this guy. No, not at all. Of course, uh, great career, <laughs> Packers Hall of Famer. And for you, I remember when you were playing, it always looked like you were smiling on the sidelines, always had a positive approach on the field. Uh, just where did you get that sense of positivity from? Is it from childhood, from how you grew up here? Yes, my mom was my role model. You know, she's a single parent, raised five kids on her own. Uh, I just remember learning how to cook at 11 years old. I saw a leader, not a follower. And she also taught me, if you're going to follow, choose the right leader. So I've been a happy person my whole life. Even when I was in the inner city wearing hand-me-downs, I knew what I wanted to do when I grew up, and it was to play pro football. So she just told me, never let people see you disappointed. I never forgot that. Absolutely. The Suns are leading 2-1. to one. We're in the bottom of the second inning. Cam Marin just grounded out to the pitcher, and that moved Peter Mooney to second base. Now it's Matt Tomshaw at the plate. Down to his final strike here against Tennessee's Brad Marking, and he'll strike out swinging, and that will end the second inning. But, Leroy, it has been a great time just catching up with you about some outstanding Packer teams. And, of course, you're still around. You come back to Jacksonville every now and then. Still based out of Milwaukee, though? I live in Milwaukee, which called, I tell people, Oak Creek, where is that? I just say okay. Milwaukee. Right, right. They don't even know but two cities, Milwaukee and Green Bay. But I come back home once or twice a month. My mother's still here okay. and my kids. So I, I try to get back as much as possible. That's great. Well, you're always welcome in the baseball thank grounds. You, you look great in that Suns it. jersey. And thank you for joining us on the radio. I hope they don't want it back. No, not either. <laughs> Well, thanks to Leroy for joining us on the radio on the Suns Baseball Network on Saturday and a lot of fun to hear about some of the different experiences he had in his playing career. Now it's time for me to get ready for tonight's ball game between the Suns and the Shuckers. But again, we will have some good podcasts coming up in the future already. Some recorded interviews that are set to go. And also, we may check in with our good friend Jason Patterson, who last week was in Omaha. And he got to check out the College World Series as Coastal Carolina took the national championship, beating the Arizona Wildcats in a thrilling college world series final so we may get a recap from jason coming up in a future episode as well but until then hope everyone has a great week returning to the work grind after we enjoy the fourth of july holiday and then till next time play the waltz roy i remember the night and the tennessee waltz only you know how much i have lost yes i lost my the night they were playing